By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. By now, you've probably seen ads about the water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere. People who got sick after drinking that toxic water are now able to seek repayment for their medical costs because of a new law, the PACT Act. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it's important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is a limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and they won't take no for an answer. Sign up at SickMarine.com. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, September 6th, 2022, 7.32 a.m. Mountain Time. Means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning time live streams shows out there in Hotlanta, Scott, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? How was that? Uh, how was that football game out in Atlanta yesterday? Wet, wet in Atlanta, that's for sure. Oh. Uh, you know, I, I just I was on the pod last night and watching kind of the comments coming in of Clemson and Georgia Tech, and I guess that game was pretty ugly. Is it? Was it too soon to crown uh, DJ? Oh like, yeah, ukulele. What's his name? Ugalele, something like Ugalele. that. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. close. Ugalele. Uh, you know, as a as a first round guy. Yeah, I mean. High, highly recruited guy. Every single quarterback that's gone to Clemson recently seems to have been pretty good. But uh, no, he's definitely not lived up to the hype there. But he's still got arm talent. You know, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with him. But yeah. uh, you don't give up on a young player, that's for sure. Just yeah, you know, came in and had a uh, had a good replacement game for Trevor Lawrence, and everybody's ready to crown him the next big thing. Yeah, yeah let's give it a little bigger sample size. Hundred percent. 100%. we got Diamond Rattler coming in. First to comment today saying, boom, let's ride. Good to see you, Diamond. Jeremy Sean's in the house saying, good morning, fellas. One week away from an actual reaction to the start of the Wilson Hackett era. Cannot wait for that. You know, we're getting to the point still. I mean, there's still plenty to talk about, but it's like you get so many shows with Scott and I. It's like, okay, what is going to be the main talking point today? we got a Peter King article we'll get into here, but uh, a week from now, they're going to be easy to write themselves with just constant content coming in, which will be great. Uh, Chase Wellner coming in here. Chase, I feel like I just followed you on Twitter. Maybe, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I feel like I was already following you, but then Booyowa. I don't get that one. It says Booyowa. Booyowa. That's, I think it's a uh, Swahili. No, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one's for Eric Trickle. Boo Iowa. Hawkeyes stink. Um, the offense certainly does. I'm nervous for this Saturday's game, Hawk but I uh, tank. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, they, uh, they are going to be, they need to figure out the offense. Uh, Luke Wright coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. I can't believe week one is here. I feel like yesterday we got Russell Wilson. It does feel like everything happened really fast this offseason, but then it kind of also time slowed down there in the middle 
at the same time. So it's here. We're going to get some real live results and reactions and the prognosticating, et cetera, et cetera, will be over. We say the same thing about the draft every year. So many mock drafts, people think like you can put all the information together, but until you have the actual results, you don't know. And the game results themselves are just as wild. Uh, how they actually play out is just as wild as the actual draft compared to the mock draft. So prognostication season is coming to a close and we'll have some real football to talk about. And let's ride also from Luke, right? We got some hearts coming in from Dave Glassman over on YouTube. Good to see you, Dave. Good morning to you, Kevin Gray. Good morning, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. Let's ride. Crimson Wolf, starting early for work on Tuesdays. Just means I can make it to the live show. Hell yeah, Crimson. Thanks for joining us. Happy football week, peeps. Let's ride. Ashton's in the house too. Morning, Nick and Scott. Really stoked for this season. The KC hype here in Missouri is pretty low. Ha ha. Uh, KC hype. I wonder, what do you think about Kansas City this year, Scott? I'm, Ernie Mays isn't in the house, so we can talk a little bit about another team. <laughs> at least we don't know he is yet. Um, yeah. I, I think they're still the favorite to win the division. You know, if yeah. you look at, at any of the power rankings, all the, the national things are still a top five team, you know, top, you know, lower, you know, seven at worst. They're still dangerous. You know, they're, they're they got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know, we just started up there ready for the for the uh, the Hackett Wilson era. Well, that hasn't changed in Kansas City. You know, there mm-hmm. there have been some changes come in. They've imported some good playmakers. They lost a big playmaker. They're not going away. No. Um, are they a Super Bowl contender this year? Probably. Are they as strong as they've been in the last few years? Probably not. They're still no. dangerous. They are still dangerous for sure. And unfortunately, probably the best offensive line in the division as well, which, you know, that can be a major difference maker in a division like this and probably the best head coach uh, as well. So uh, we'll see. Kansas City hype is in Missouri is low. I think the reason the Kansas City hype is low is because the St. Louis Cardinals have been hot. Uh, Albert Pujols hitting five away from uh, 700 home runs and uh, sweeping the Chicago Cubs. Life is good out there in uh, East Missouri for the baseball fans. Well, And now they've been there a while now. You know, there's, yeah. it's like, okay, if we make the playoffs in an, in an AFC championship game, but don't go any further, meh, you know, that's almost a disappointment right now in yeah. Kansas City. So they, they, they've been riding up top for a, a long enough period of time where now there's trepidation mm-hmm. where yep. you're, you're like, okay, yeah, we've made the, we're making the playoffs. Now what? Show me, you know, can you get over the top again? Can you, can you do it? Or are you just going to fizzle out again? There's a little bit of, you know, I know this watching, you know, the, the team, my team won a, a, a pro sports record 14 straight division championships, the Atlanta Braves, and then lost 10 straight playoff series. You know, that's like, oh, yeah, they're good. They're going to win the division. So what? Uh, there might be a little bit of that going on in Kansas City. And now it's it's back to the Missouri thing of show me. Show me you can get over the top again. Yep. No, absolutely. It will be... Uh... Got to prove it, and this is going to be a new iteration of the Chiefs, but that's the thing about when you have a franchise quarterback, you have to go through multiple evolutions as a as a team and with your identity. I mean, we kind of saw it. Obviously, the one that I come back to is Tom Brady. Uh, those early Tom Brady teams with those incredible defenses gave way to the offense with Randy Moss and Dante Stallworth, Stallworth and uh, Wes Welker. Um gave way to the offense was Gronkowski and Aaron uh, Hernandez gave way to another top 10 defense and offensive line team. So just going to have to reinvent yourself. But as long as you have the head coach and the quarterback, you got a chance. And uh, that's where the chiefs are this year, unfortunately. Um, But I'm happy to hear that the hype is low. Um, Maybe a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of nervousness because the AFC West does look pretty good. Greg Smith coming in here saying Broncos country T minus six days, steak, eggs, pancakes, milk, and coffee. 
God, I could use all of those right now. It sounds good. Uh, thank you so much, Greg. Good morning to you. Albert Knoppers, good morning. Seven days until Broncos kickoff. And let me hit this one real quick. I won't okay, come back to Dakota. Yeah. Let me hit this one real quick since it's still in, in topic from Ashton. He says, totally disagree that they're still dangerous. They are a regular good team, 10 and 7 kind of team. See, this is about perspective. Uh, this is about definition. When someone says, you know, is that team overrated? I'm like, well, what do you rate them? Hmm. It depends. You know, what do you consider dangerous? Do you consider dangerous, Ashton, a, a legit Super Bowl contender? I consider dangerous a team that can beat you on any given day. A 10 and 7 team is a team that I know that I'm not, I can't go in and chalk up a win. I know if I don't bring my A game, I'm going 0 2 against them. I know that they can make some noise in the playoffs. So, do I think that they're dangerous like the Buffalo Bills are dangerous? No, I think the Buffalo Bills are the favorites. That doesn't make them dangerous. Dangerous means wounded animal dangerous. Mm -hmm. They can beat you in any way. Are they at their peak of their powers? No. But can they win any given Sunday? Absolutely. More so than any team, because like you just said, they're a 10-7 and 7 type of team. That means they're winning more than they're losing. That's a dangerous yeah. team to come up against at any given time. And they have a crazy, crazy difficult schedule this season as mm -hmm. well. Like I think the toughest in the league. So uh, I would not want to play the Chiefs at 10-7. and 7. Although, bring them on, because Broncos need to get that monkey off their back. But uh, definitely it's a team that uh, should not be slept on and... We'll see how it plays out, man. The AFC West is is rough. I mean, everybody, you know, Russell Wilson, all the hype there. For some reason, there's some Raiders hype. Chargers, everyone, Justin Herbert. Feels like there has not been much Kansas City hype, but uh, they're still big bad until they're not. You know, they're on top of the tower, and you got to toss them off. Uh, Albert Knoppers, good morning, Broncos. Oh, we got Dakota saying, there's always mm -hmm. that. We ha What have you done for late me mentality? I assume Peter King has thought that with the Broncos. I'm very much a what have you done for me lately kind of guy because I want to see it to believe it. I need actual gave, uh, gathered data, not hypothesis. I need hypothesis testing to come to conclusions. And uh, we have not had that yet with the Broncos with real meaningful football. So um, I think the Broncos right now probably, what is it, nine and a half win total. I'd probably put them at about that. I'd probably, I think that's what Vegas has them at too. And seven, six, six seed to eight seed, which doesn't exist. But like that range, that's probably where I'd put the majority of my money or the majority of outcomes for the Broncos this season right now but we're going to gather data quickly this season and understand where this team is going. Could be really wrong in one way or the other, but it's going to be exciting regardless. And uh, we're going to play some meaningful football games late into the season with exciting offense. And God, I just give me week one with that. And I'm, I'm already over the moon uh, one game at a time. We got Facebook user. Good morning. Love the underdog role in the doubters. Absolutely. Hopefully the Broncos are using it. Big E. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody had a good Labor Day weekend. Blaze coming in saying, who is Peter King? Uh, Scott, who is Peter King? Uh, Peter King is one of the, uh, you can use the word legendary and, you know, people who aren't at least my age will scoff a little bit because sometimes they think legendary is like, you mean that old guy, um, long time writer in the NFL, him and Dr. Z are, you know, two of the originals, two of the biggest name national guys that have been around for a long, long time, uh, sports illustrated for a long time. And then, uh, kind of spun off to do some of his own things. Yeah. Um, my question on this, and I started it before. You know, and to be fair, I'm Peter King. I don't know if you want to jump into this real quick. Says I didn't pick the Broncos to make the playoffs, which I'll probably live to regret. No. But when we're talking about uh, you know predictions and what do people say, and you said the what have you done for me lately? Who did I say when we were just coming on? How do I rank power rankings right now? When I look at power rankings, how am I looking and seeing? By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. 
The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to getting that post-workout glow. Step one, what's your why? More epic energy, better sleep, blow off steam? Step two, join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime, and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs, or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step three, bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Which team are they ranking to see if I think they're credible or not? The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Speaking of what have you done for me lately? So he's got the Miami Dolphins in at 9-8 and eight over the Denver Broncos. So, no. <laughs> not for me. you got the Chiefs at 11-6, and six, and it's not even because you've got uh, – it's not even because you've got – extra teams coming in from the West, which I'm still not sure if we decided you can have all every team. I don't think you can. Or I think it's possible. We but you can. I think it's all four possible. teams from the AFC West making the playoffs. It would require like ties and stuff. So it's not, it's, it, it's actually possible, but not in, you know. Right. Cause there's seven, there's seven teams now since they've expanded. But when you've got the nine and eight Miami Dolphins in the playoffs and actually nine and eight makes sense to me, but I think, Nine and eight is a pretty low bar for this for this team for for yeah. the Denver Broncos. If they're not nine and eight, we're going to consider the season. If they're not ten and seven, we'll be probably a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. But nine and eight would be a disappointing season for this team. Yep, I agree. Um, and also, maybe the Broncos finish nine and eight and lose the tiebreakers in this uh, situation. But uh, we'll get into that in more a little bit. Want to say hello to everybody, Michaela coming in. Good morning to you. Uh, she said she's wearing Bronco swag all week. Love it. Oh, that's awesome. Mark Schrader's in the house too. Good morning, guys. Awesome to see you. Lance Johnson's in the house. Good morning from Texas, fellas. Game week. Uh, we also got Peter Freddie Rail Sr. saying good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Quentin Carson. Good morning, fellas. Gabe's in the house. Morning, lads. Colin Wood uh, saying the Broncos right now are a mystery. Even to us, we haven't really seen anything that tells us what this team is going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be hard to understand. It does seem like they have a lot of good playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. I'm excited about the depth of the pass rush if the top guys can stay healthy. Um, not a mystery. Patrick Sertan and Justin Simmons could, we could have an argument at the end of the season that they are the best at their positions in the NFL. I think it's, that's a possibility, uh, but a lot of question marks as well, but you know what? It's the same thing we always said, like, you know, last year, all this uh, speculation about Drew Locke or whatever, just let the games play out. And we're going to figure it out with the rest of us. So it's just a just waiting game right now. A little patience. We're going to understand where this team falls. Um, yeah, we have. I wouldn't say we haven't, I guess, really seen us there. We haven't really seen anything that tells us what this team is going to look like. But we've got indicators. You know, we've yep. got some decent indicators. There are some veterans here. 
Um, we've got indicators of what this team can be like. So now mm -hmm. it's just a matter of going out and prove it. Robot of Doom on Twitch says, good morning, gentlemen. I'm already starting to prep the nice fresh crow for all the haters, starting with Casey fans and, of course, Nick Wrong. So not me. That's, that's not my name. Yeah, no, no, it Nick, should be. Nick Wright. Like I said, I'm not even yeah. sure who he is, who he who he works with. I think he's ESPN. Um, I think he's Fox. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I've always said, you know, the best way to get people, you know, unless you just like the banter, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, th th there's an old saying, if you don't, if you don't, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. I don't take it worth a damn. So I don't dish it out at all. So when I've got somebody that has, you know, takes that are just inflammatory for being inflammatory, the best way to get them is turn them off. Yeah. ignore them otherwise you know i come and i see these trolls on my engaging on social media commenting on my site that's making me money dude i'm like thank you for the comment <laughs> thank you for engaging thank you for promoting my brand thank you for encouraging other people to come to my site you know so all of that eating crow and dishing it back out on them those inflammatory folks they live on that they they start driving new cars for that you don't like them Change a channel, man. Change a channel. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. But don't change this channel. Um, Tim Timothy Munson coming in uh, with the number one Broncos Let's Ride, Denver Broncos for Life, and Salute. Thank you so much. Uh, we also got, uh, let me see who else, Albert Knopper is coming in. I think our offense could be on par with the Chiefs offense. That would be awesome. Um, I think the Broncos weapons are better than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs offensive line looks far more stable so it'll come down to who's the better quarterback, Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, probably in the end. I mean, it, you'd be hard-pressed not to take Mahomes in that one-on-one -on -one situation, not to the fault of Russell Wilson. There's only probably one quarterback in the NFL I'd hear an argument for, maybe, excuse me, two quarterbacks I'd hear an argument for that you'd take over Mahomes in uh, Allen and Rodgers. But uh, definitely a chance. To, I mean, and one thing could go wrong with Kansas city too. Let's say their weapons aren't good. Let's say the change of their personnel with losing Tyree kill hurts them. We're going to find out, but uh, heck man, if the Broncos offense is on par with the chiefs, I like our defensive personnel better. So that would be a good thing uh, for the Broncos this year. No doubt. Darren coming in, Darren Applegate saying good morning. Let's ride. Peter also saying, I've been curious. Uh, what is this? I don't know what you're saying there. Here, I got it down here. Okay. Down here from Peter from, um, Peter says, since Russell Wilson didn't play during the preseason, don't you think that will affect him? Or was it a contractual thing or just to keep himself and healthy? The last one, it's not a contractual thing. You know, those players want to go out and play. But, you know, if, if something happens, and I've, I've kind of said, you know, think about this on a larger level. When the game is too dangerous to play, maybe the game's too dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we don't, what other sport do you have? You, you keep people out of scrimmages, you know, out of friendlies, out of stuff like that to get them tuned up besides football maybe um, rugby i don't think they do anything friendly um you know i'm, I'm teasing yeah. but you know they they hold their starters out because they are too valuable you're talking about you know financially speaking 25 percent of your team not this year but you know what yeah. i mean as far as the, the the effect that you have on your team the limited number of uh the limited number of slots the salary cap and everything nobody's got depth at the quarterback position there because it's, it's too expensive for your starter you've got one man so you got to keep them in bubble bubble wrap until they matter uh if he was a rookie yeah probably affect him i'd like to see him get out there even a second year guy first year starter <clears throat> but um and this guy's been throwing to his receivers and everything against 
the Denver Broncos defense in pretty simulated live action. Yeah. And, you know, he knows what it's like to feel backside pressure. You know, he knows what it's like to to recognize coverages. He's a veteran, so I'm not too worried about him being affected too much by the the, uh, the lack of, of reps. Now, I can't say that for everybody, Nick. Yeah. He should be fine. It might be, you know, a few games early on. Broncos kind of having a feeling out process, but that might be true regardless of preseason or not because the other team's not playing their starters. The other team is probably playing a lot more simple coverages. So there's always probably going to be a little bit of lag. I think it's you'd make the trade off of the offense looking a little bit disconjointed early in the season. If you could guarantee your quarterback, Russell Wilson being healthy. So is what it is. And the Broncos also suffered one of the worst injuries in football uh, this season to game. One of the most impactful in losing Tim Patrick, at least that I can think of. Um, so rough, uh, but uh, hopefully years have lost a couple of centers down there. I know that's those yeah. are, they're, they're like to their third guy right in the middle of their offense. Yeah. Um, you know, which that that's arguable, but those are, those are big ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, again, we've talked about a lot with the Denver Broncos. If you could afford any place to get in a single injury, it might be edge. <laughs> it might be, it might be one. If you Nick, if I told you right now, everybody's going to be healthy, but you're going to lose one, which two positions would you choose? I'd be okay with Edge if you t- if you told me every everybody else was going to be healthy. I'd be okay with that. I'm going to take it a slightly different angle at, at this one and kind of game the system here. But one mm-hmm. of them being tight end because I think your starters are so close to what you can find replacement wise um, right. that if you lose a starting tight end, okay, <laughs> you're going from a 72 overall to a 70 overall on free agency. Okay, uh, that is what it is. Yeah. The other and one, Gabe, probably, I was being serious here. Come on, yeah. Now. I meant, I meant amount amongst players that you're you're counting on. Yeah. Um. You know, Tim Patrick was a, a key player. Um. Yeah. yeah. You've asked me this before, Nick, and I've said the same thing. Other than Russell Wilson, who is the most valuable player on this team? For me, it's Garrett Bowles. He is the least replaceable player on this team. Um. Not just schematically, but personnel wise. Uh. We're we're ring we're hand ringing over right tackle right now and the third one being in and will Billy Turner be able to play healthy and is he even going to be the answer um you guys are making me blush in here in the chat uh anyway um that you cannot you know Garrett Bowles becomes the second most important player on this team for me yep but Tim Patrick no I don't mean to downplay it um but it's uh you know having that having an injury definitely was huge for sure yeah I was just talking about Losing two centers or losing two Patrick, Tim Patrick, which one yeah. is more impactful? You know, it depends on the team, obviously, but yeah. those are those are both severe injuries. Was my point? Yeah, totally. I guess the other one would be tight end comes to mind immediately, just because I don't think you're, you're close to replacement level already at the position this season. I don't know. Maybe I guess the other one might be running back because I think introducing the planet fitness guide to getting that post workout glow. Step one. What's your why? More epic energy, better sleep, blow off steam. Step two. Join planet fitness for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step three. Bask in that post workout glow. Join planet fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mike Boone could be a really good number two still. Yeah, um, you'd be okay there. Um, yeah. You'd be okay there. Let's not, let, let's get off of this conversation where this is like, we're, we're, we're acting like voodoo uh, warlocks yeah. here. So, and I will say that bad, I disagree bad with you. Bad, bad juju here. Let's you know, uh, move on. Swing it around okay. one over the shoulder and we're ready to go again. Okay. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll get some good juju in here. Mike Hurt coming in. Good morning, Mile High Salute. Good to see you. Luke Wright, Russell Wilson going to throw some bombs to Cortland this year. That'll be great. Uh, we got Andrew Lampy. Good morning, Andrew. We appreciate you over there on Facebook coming in with the stars. God bless you, Andrew. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I got to be honest. I do not know how to pronounce this first name. Brazil is uh, is Portuguese, so you pronounce yes. the J. Um, after that, I'm not sure with the tilde over the A. I would I would just say Jao. Jao Miguel. So um, help us help us out with it, that one. Um, you know, we're not used to Portuguese. So when, you know, people say, you know, Jose Mourinho, they're like, the J is silent. I'm like, no, that's Spanish, you freaking hicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Portuguese, you're saying hello from Brazil. Hello there. Hello there. Going to watch one of my favorite Brazilians later today, Tiago Silva. So mm, awesome. Um, anyway, so welcome. Glad you're with us today. Yeah, Broncos country. We're everywhere, baby. It's great. Thank you for joining us this morning. Kenneth Booker coming in. Good morning. What is Jerry Judy's floor and ceiling this year? What stat line gets him an extension? And what stat line have the Broncos move on from him? The Broncos still have two years of control after the season with him, and you couldn't give him an extension until after the season anyway. I can't imagine a world where he gets an extension, given his first two years of play so far. Uh, so I honestly, and what stat line gets him an extension, it's going to be as much what development with his maturity uh, gets him an extension as well. Cause it does not sound like some people in the front office have been the most excited about Jerry Judy's just coming of age adulthood. Um, as I guess I put it that way, as far as his floor and ceiling, I mean, ceiling seven touchdowns, a thousand, 100 yards, a uh, hundred catches floor, 60 catches, 700 yards, three touchdowns. I thought, I don't know. I'd have to look at what the basics are for the league. I need like a, uh, a baseline to see what averages, but they're just off the, off the cuff. Mine was a shade close, but a shade more variance. And I was just thinking yardage and it was mm -hmm. uh, a wide variance. There's a wide variance in his floor and ceiling because he's got the talent, but he hasn't proven it yet. So I feel like the same thing. I'm like, this becomes another either or question, Nick, who's mm -hmm. got the wider variance, Jerry Judy or Randy, Randy Gregory. When you talk about Florida ceiling, those edge guys or Jerry Judy. Cause for me, Kenny, when when I read this question, mine was 600, 1200. Uh, you know, he should get, you know, 35 catches, 600 yards, some big plays in there, or 40 catches, 600 yards, I think of as a floor for him. That's a meh. That's a wide receiver three that I can get off a practice squad somewhere. 
that should be his floor. His ceiling, 80 catches, 1,200 yards, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood when he, when he really becomes a key player. So truth lies probably somewhere in the middle. Let's uh, let's put somewhere 1,000-yard season would be very good for him. And being that you have a built-in cheap franchise tag, cheap-ish, considering he's a first-round pick and you've got that fifth-year option still available uh, that Nick was alluding to, um, you pick that up, work on the extension during his option year if that's what it comes to. And that's still a year away. This is just year three right. um, for him. So right. you still have two years. Two years. So, yep. so I, I wouldn't go for an extension this year. Um, no matter what he's doing, again, this is the Bradley Chubb argument, make him prove it. But the difference is, is his option year would be in the neighborhood of probably around 11 million, 12 million, as opposed to 30 million, which is what the top receivers are making. Yeah. Yep. So need to see it from him multiple times. Need to see him be healthy. Need to see him just take control of the room. You know, you're be a dude. Uh, Bama X coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Missed the podcast live yesterday. Figure you all have the day off. Nope. We were there. You can go back and listen to it after the fact too, for uh, everybody who's curious what we talked about. I, all the days blur together. I don't even, what year is it? Um, Crimson Wolf coming in. Broncos finished the one seed in the playoffs for the first year with Manning. Why expect anything less with Russell Wilson? This is going to maybe upset some people, but Russell Wilson's a very, very, very good quarterback on his way to a Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning has an argument for the greatest to ever play the position. I think that expecting the Peyton Manning level of play from Russell Wilson is probably a little bit high. Uh, I don't think that he's going to come in and break the all-time passing touchdown record and have a just nuclear uh, statistical output. I think he's going to be very good in the top, you know, seven to five range. But Peyton Manning, until I guess that Rams game in 2014, was on a pace that we'd never seen from a quarterback before. That's not even hyperbole. He was putting up per-game averages that were not done uh, before. Uh, So... Um, that's probably one reason I would expect a little bit less with Russell. Also, in 2012, are you telling me that you expected before seeing Peyton Manning, the Broncos, to be the number one seed? Because good on you. Um, I am way more, I guess, <laughs> cautious in my approach, and seeing is believing. Uh, so uh, 2012, especially the first, was it three games of the Atlanta game where he threw three interceptions in the second quarter? Um, some concern there. Had to get it all ironed out, and then the Broncos went on a tear. Possible this season. The other thing here, long, long little diatribe here for me, but the AFC West was horrible when Peyton came over, and uh, that is not the case right now. It's night and day difference. Um, you had the Chargers who were solid, but the Raiders were an absolute laughing stock. Chiefs were coming off. I think the Chiefs maybe had the number one overall pick the year before Peyton came over, I believe, uh, that 2013 season, then Peyton came in 2014, if I'm correct. No, excuse me. Well, either way, Chiefs had the number one overall pick at some point in that time. And uh, the AFC West was just trash. Uh, not the case right now with Russell Wilson coming over. AFC West is very dynamic. Yeah, my thought was initially like, well, were the Denver Broncos a better team in 2011? You know, they made the playoff, uh, made the playoffs, but they were eight and eight. And frankly, their their slash lines, to use a baseball term, um, were kind of flukish. You know, mm-hmm. 25th in points, uh, 24th in, in in total defensive points. You know, they were a bottom third team that eked their way into the playoffs and got dangerous mm. <laughs> Ashton they were a dangerous team they knocked somebody out that wasn't being expected so um they um there's no I, I expect is one thing but can the Denver Broncos finish with the number one seed um I, I think that might be stretching it but can they win the division yeah 
They can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I think Buffalo's just got an easier road than anybody in the AFC West to get a number one seed. Can you win the division? Sure. Absolutely. What did, what do we say when we talk floor and ceiling for the Denver Broncos? I think I said 13 and four, 13 mm -hmm. and four is going to win this division. Yeah. 13 and four. I'll put you in the conversation for the one seed, mm -hmm. um, but we'll see uh, Lawrence Rivera. Woohoo. Everyone. The season's going to be all in the coaching to see if we can still create progress. If our stars get hurt, knock on wood, God, and if our defense can hold up with our offense, I get out the D our defense will be more tired. If Russ and Wilson gets to the end zone quickly, depth is going to be key on the defense. And we have a lot of questions on the depth on the defensive line and at cornerback. And those will be tested in the AFC West, no doubt. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we have Leroy Williams coming in saying, uh, good morning, guys. My last Luke question. What was the reason uh, to bring in Carson Strong and three receivers for tryouts. Seth Williams still engaging uh, his options. I guess he's not an option here in Denver anymore now that they signed um, Vincent Smith, is the name. Is right. Yep. And Smith? it's actually okay. fairly phonetical, which is nice. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Carson Strong. Um, I don't know. Uh, I've always, I've been told, I kind of liked him, you know, a year ago, like almost a year ago at this point saying, okay, he's got a chance to maybe be a guy because he's got a good arm. I'm not very much in on the, statuesque quarterbacks. I need a little bit of playmaking ability from my quarterback position. Um, in uh, the words of Jim Harbaugh, what he wants at his quarterback guy needs to be able to turn uh, water into wine. So somebody who's, you know, <laughs> a little bit of creativity and can do things for you as a playmaker. Don't think that's Carson strong, but the big thing with him is that I've heard his knee is absolutely cooked. Um, so maybe they're bringing him in for medicals as much as anything. Well, and if I'm in personnel, it doesn't really cost me anything when you think of, you know, a billion dollar business here to I'm having tryouts all the time. Yep. You know, it's it's networking. It's maybe I'll find something. Scouts like to scout. We like to dig. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I always call it treasure hunting. Um, maybe I see something in somebody that nobody else did. Maybe. Yep. Why not? Why not bring them in? Um, you might find something. My job as a general manager is to replace you. That's is to always make my team better. Um, it's your jobs to make yourself irreplaceable as a, as a player, as a, as a, as a general manager, I'm, I'm looking to replace you constantly. I mean, that's an oversimplification, but as George Payton staff and personnel, they're looking for upgrades every single day, every single minute. That's what they do. Yep. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. Uh, Quentin mm -hmm. coming in and saying, I see the defense being the foundation. Once again, they're going to wreck opposing offensive lines this year. Hopefully, um, if I think the Broncos pass rush could be really talented, I'm a little bit worried about first and second down stopping the run right now. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Kayleon coming in here. Yo, good to see you, Kayleon. Uh, we also got one of our Maha Huddle ladies saying Scott equals handsome exclamation point. Sorry, I had to throw that one out there. I know you talked about it earlier. We're pretty but... good for 72. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, we also got uh, keep it real Denver KBA2. Judy will be a go to will go to a contender if he leaves. It's smart to keep him around. Yeah, well, we need to see how he plays this year. Um, this is a big year for him. Jerry Judy strikes me as a guy who signs the biggest paycheck is where he yeah. goes. Yeah, you know, he just he and there's nothing wrong with that. Believe yep. me, you're gonna play in the NFL and you're gonna get paid. You know, get paid. You know, yep. why not go to Jacksonville and get crazy money and catch balls from Trevor Lawrence? Okay, that doesn't sound bad. He's from Florida too, so yeah, that's but not why it was an easy, yeah. an easy, an easy leap yep. to a bad team with that spends crazy money that has a good quarterback. Yep. Uh, Scott just traded Jake, Jerry Judy to Jacksonville. <laughs> you heard that guys. Dennis Chandler coming in, which group offensive defense, special teams coaching could get off to so much sluggish start week one. Uh, I think for me, it's the offense. 
I could see the offense being a little bit discombobulated early. Let's say the Seahawks do a really good job of uh, stopping the run up front and you're in third and long consistently. Russell Wilson feels pressure to do a little bit too much, makes a silly turnover at some point. Uh, So those are the ones that stick out to me. I can't imagine the defense getting off too slow of a start given, and I could be totally wrong here, but I just do not respect the personnel of the Seahawks or the Texans uh, talking week two as well um, on paper. Now, the, like the said, Seattle Seahawks aren't strong enough up the gut, I don't mm-hmm. think, to really scare you where you have this where you're scared, which is the middle yeah. of that defensive line and its depth and holding up over four quarters. Mm-hmm. And uh and well that's it. And holding up over four quarters. That's mm-hmm. not Seattle's they're not they're not good enough to do that right now. Um no. this this game would have to be kind of fluky, you know, for for Seattle to to win. It's gonna be one of those that, you know. Ball bounces the wrong way, a couple turnovers, you know, some penalties. It's the Broncos are going to have to beat themselves to lose to the Seahawks. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Kathy coming in saying hi, Scott and Nick. Hello, Broncos country. Finally able to catch a live show again. Uh, our D ends up top five in the league this year. So Scott, I'm going to bring it back to a point you made earlier. You said that the most irreplaceable player on the Broncos, besides Russell Wilson, of course, being Garrett Bowles. I got to stick with my guns here. I still think it's Patrick Sertan. I mm-hmm. think he is the linchpin of the entire defense. Um, I think you can kind of change around what you're doing offensively. If you don't have Garrett Bowles, more quick passing games, um, just a little bit more help there and uh, not at relying as much on the five step, seven step drops. I think if you lose Russ, if you lose a uh, Patrick Sertan, this goes from a possible top five defense to a possible bottom 10 defense. Uh, that's how good he is. That's how important he is. And from what I see coverage wise, it is completely based around Sertan erasing one area of the field. Yeah, we. I like to think, you know, that the the defensive line. You know, if, if Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb are playing like their hair is on fire, Patrick Sertan becomes less important. Yeah. Um, Garrett Bowles is going to be important on every play. You know, mm-hmm. at, at left tackle, where, you know, because on the flip side of that, if the edge on the other side is getting a free run every time, it doesn't matter what else is going on. He's wrecking your offense. Um, so again, if I've got two edges and Baron Browning coming in, when those guys catch a breath, if I've got two guys on the edge, three guys on the edge that are, uh, Nick Benito coming in just for, you know, giggles to, to be a speed rusher after these guys are huffing and puffing because they can't catch Gregory and Chubb. And if they're wrecking the offensive backfield, the, the, the cornerbacks aren't as important. So for me, I can scheme a little bit better. I can roll the safety. I still got Justin Simmons over there. I, again, it's. They're, I'm not going to, I don't measure levels of elite. They're, they're both incredibly important. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't tell you you're wrong with, with Sertan, but for me, it's, it's left tackle on this just because there's, there's nobody else right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Weatherspoon saying the Broncos offense. Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to getting that post-workout glow. Step one, what's your why? More epic energy, better sleep, blow off steam? Step two, join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime, and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs, or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step three, bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It'll be better than they have been the past few years. God, they better be. <laughs> uh, the defense will be better also. Uh, we'll see about that one. Uh, the coaches got to prove their worth. Uh, the players have to show it on the field. Uh, there will be growing plays and a feeling out process. I think the defense will be better this year just by virtue of the offense and special teams being better. Uh, the defense the last few years, it's like, you know, having to fight with both your hands tied behind your back constantly, you know, terrible starting field position uh, pretty consistently and uh, not playing with a lead. Other teams just able. I mean, we saw it in that Bengals game. I always hearken it back to the uh, the you. The water boy, uh, when they're essentially kneeling the ball, you like my new offense, you know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. That's what the Bengals did to the Broncos last year. Trust everyone, me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Bengals last year said, once we get a lead, as long as we don't turn the ball over and make a dumb mistake, we're going to win this one easy. I know a lot of people really like to talk about, you know, Sertan shutting down Jamar Chase, but the Bengals had no interest in putting the ball in any way, harm's way, because once they had the lead, they just played, they parked the bus. I guess, essentially. And uh, you can't do that when your offense is formidable, like the Broncos offense should be this season, which lends itself to the defense having more opportunities to make game-changing plays. Because uh, so, you can't, you're going to have to put yourself in situations to be a little bit more precarious, aggressive with the football because the other team can keep up with you. So that, that should help the defense a good bit. Still a little bit worried about the, the ability to stop the run up front. Um, but, uh, we'll see how that plays out as the season continues. Uh, thank you so much, Deandre. We also got Dom coming in. Have you guys watched the behind the scenes Broncos episode yet? Very cool to see Simmons and Patrick Sertan in the new episode. I have not seen it yet. I will definitely put that on over lunch today. Um, but that'll be great to see. Um, and, uh, I'll let Scott peruse the comments here. We got Glenn also saying morning fellows. Good to see you. Um, but, uh, we want to talk and Alvin coming in here. Peter King is a doofus. Well, uh, Peter King's he's, he, says it so himself he might be a doofus in the article and i'm going to share the yeah. article here uh and that's, just so that and that's okay you know i mean yeah. when you're in the business of prognosticating and predicting you're going to be wrong you know yep. you're going to make people mad um i'll i'll be on it's it's try and be humble about it you know and and say listen you know we're, we do it the only way to not be wrong and to not look like an idiot is to not make any predictions. Well, what fun is that? What fun yeah. is that? I'll own them. You know, if these guys, if, if things go wrong, I'll, I'll absolutely own them. Um, mm -hmm. So will Nick. Yep. Uh, just be uh, be humble about it. Yeah, and anybody who uh, tries to distort the reality of they've never been wrong or then makes excuses about it, somebody you don't want to deal with, probably a narcissist or something like that. Work with people like that, you know, and I'm like, yeah. man, he's an amazing talent, talent evaluator. He's never missed. Just ask him. <laughs> yep. You want to be weary of those folks because when you're predicting the future, life happens. There's too many variables and unpredictability and entropy in the world. But uh, I digress. Peter King's article coming in over on NBC Sports uh, talking about the Broncos here. Um, didn't have the Broncos making the playoffs. He had the Miami Dolphins coming in with a 9-8 and record, squeaking by and getting the 
final seed in the AFC also had the chargers and the, uh, the chiefs making it the Raiders missing. Thank God. I'm, I don't get the Raiders hype at all, but I, uh, we'll continue here. Peter King saying, I didn't pick the Broncos to make the playoffs, which I'll probably live to regret. See right away. Maybe he is a doofus, but he's having fun with it. That's what I do. Uh, this year's AFC West is the toughest division. I remember since the NFL went to eight, four team divisions in 2002, all four teams have at least 10 games against 2021 teams with winning records. I picked the Chargers in the Kansas City to make the postseason, but nothing will shock me. As one coach told me on my camp tour, no road team winning an AFC West game this year will be an upset. Uh, think of that. Best line I heard on my camp tour. Wow. No road team winning an AFC West game this year will be an upset. Wild. Uh, the Broncos have well, been. Let's not read the whole thing. Okay. I put a link in the chat. It's uh, let's, 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 let's take some cliff notes and and start moving on. Um, Like you said, it's, is it a crap shoot with the AFC West? Maybe, you know, I, I think so. Again, I, I go back to the phrase like, Oh, the AFC West can't be good. They're going to beat up on each other. So what, you know, if they do beat up each other and everybody finishes three and three, there's 14 other games. This mm -hmm. isn't an unbalanced major league baseball schedule. Um, You know, where you're playing a 30 or games against your division. Well, bad example because a third is a long time they play 162 games yeah. um but there's 14 more games i just did that wrong completely didn't i there's still possibility to win 14 games <laughs> mm. math yeah no math today um you can go three and three and win 14 so i'm not too worried about the division itself as long as you hold your own don't worry mm. about getting beat up don't worry about but you know obviously you want to beat the chiefs because you haven't done it forever you need to kind of establish yourself that yes the Broncos are back. Uh, we're legit again. And it's hard to do that if the Chiefs keep stepping on your necks. Yeah, absolutely. And also the Broncos haven't uh, beaten the, the Raiders in on the road since 2015 as well. I think that's going to be a big measuring stick game. If the Broncos can go into Vegas and come away with a win on the road in the AFC West, that's, I wouldn't say that's stealing a game, but that's one of those ones where it's like that might make all the difference in the world come the end of the season, that one game on the road that you're able to take against the division rival Raiders. So watch out for that one. I think that's a, a big one to as a measuring stick game this year. And I think that game comes around pretty early uh, this season as well. I think Raiders might be week six, seven. So uh, on the road in, in Vegas. So that's man, I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for week one. Jacob Foster, always excited to see you come in with the support over on Facebook with the stars. Thank you so much, Jacob Foster. We appreciate you always keeping the lights on for these morning shows and uh, stick around. Hang out. <laughs> if you have any questions, like I always say, make sure you drop it in there. But Jacob Foster, uh, the Internet version of a mute, you know, seen, not heard, but we're we're doing the talking for you. Yeah, looking at looking at those games, um, you know, looking at the schedule again, we went through it again, <clears throat> you know, at Seahawks, your favorite. That should be a win versus Texans. You will be big favorites. That should be a win. 49ers will be tough at home. Um, and this is where I said, you know, I, I think I think the Broncos will probably be favored. It might be close against the Raiders, but I think they could and should win all three of these games. Home 49ers, at Raiders, home Colts. So I think I said, you know, individually, I like the Colts and all of them, but not on all three of them. It, it, I think they're two and one in that stretch. And a four and one stretch five and one stretch four and one stretch in those first five games would be uh would be pretty solid so again of those games do you want to go out 
again, now we're like picking injuries. Which loss did you pick? You know, stop picking losses, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that that one at Raiders is a, is a big game. And again, with a 17 game season, one bad game, flush it and go on to the next one. But that's that's still a pretty important game. Um, yeah, coming with- coming out the in the division on the road and with a chance to to sweep a division opponent would be really really strong. Yeah, no, that would be. That'd be amazing. And you said flushing a game that happens. Uh, some game there'll be Nathaniel Hackett. Guess what guys at some point this season, he's probably going to make a boneheaded game flow decision uh, being a young coach. Andy Reid still does that three, four times a year. Um, doesn't make him a bad coach, but sometimes it'll cost you games. You just hope that he's on the other end, winning more games and losing it. Same with quarterback too. I think about it. Like uh, we're coming down to the wire here in the baseball season. Sometimes you have your ace pitcher and he goes out there and he can't locate the, the slider. He just doesn't have it that day. Guess what? You, you're going to figure it out. We're going to take you out today. We love you. You're still our guy. Um, we're going to lose this game because you didn't have it today, but we're winning. You're going to be a 20-game winner this year, and we're where we're at because of you. So that's going to happen probably this at some point this season with Russell Wilson. He's going to be confounded by something and uh, have a bad game, flush it, and move on. Think like the preseason. I mean, I know it's yeah. not exactly the same, but weren't the weren't the Broncos two and one? I've kind of forgotten. Yep. Didn't they win their yep. first one? Okay, so they're yep. two and one. You're hemming and hawing over the one, but you're two and one. Okay. Yep. At the end of the season, it's not how, it's how many. So there's gonna be some games in there where you're like, Oh my god, we're awful, and oh my god, we're Super Bowl winners. Yeah. Just on a long enough timeline, the the uh the standings will tell. The standings will tell. So yep. um I call week one overreaction season. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will have that. Yeah. <laughs> we will I mean, have, we will have your instant overreaction immediately following the Broncos Seahawks. I mean, week one last year, I remember we were writing the, uh, not we, the proverbial we in, uh, NFL media. What's Royal wrong with we. the, yeah, the, the Royal we, uh, what's wrong with the Packers? They just gave up 50 points to the saints. Are the Packers done Is Aaron Rodgers done? And then they went on to only lose three re- regular season games last year, I believe three or four. Uh, so Definitely, you want to gather more than one game. Um, it's a it's a blip in the data set, but give me those blips once they start adding up. It's uh, then you can really get a picture, a pointillism, if you will, <laughs> for the Broncos season. Um, we got Malachi Martin. What do you guys think? Our points per game average will be better than seventeen points this year. It better be. Yeah, I was. Uh, you mentioned on par with the uh, with the the who's that team in Kansas City with the Chiefs. Yeah, and I looked them up, and the Chiefs were 28 points per game last year. So they were. Um, let me see. I'll sort by here. The Chiefs were the fourth highest scoring offense at 28.2, and the Broncos were 19.7. Can you get another touchdown out of this team per game? Move it I to mean, the, the Bron- 26 range. The Broncos averaged 19. The answer 7. is yes. Yeah. <laughs> The answer is yes, Nick. Yes, I can expect another seven points per game from this team. I should yeah. expect another seven points. That's a lot. I mean, that's you know a thirty-three percent more than a thirty-three percent increase when you talk about it like that. But a you know you move from nineteen to twenty-six and a half. That puts you where the Colts were last year, which was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Yeah. So twenty-seven puts you in the top ten last year, right there with the Rams. So, yeah, I think you can expect based on competency in several key areas uh, and more. Now, I don't think you finish with a third uh, scoring defense, though. I think that one comes down because I think you will have more plays against. I think you can be a better defense but give up more points. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you'll have the ball more. There will be more possessions per team. 
Um, there will be the, the game itself will be higher scoring, um, but your your points for and your point differential should go this way. There should be a wider gap in the two, which is at the end of the day is what you're looking for. My scoring more than my opponents, not just am I keeping my opponents from scoring by dragging the game down to a dull 1980s big eight wishbone game. Yeah, uh, suffer ball, as uh, you like to call it. And you don't create explosive plays unless you're looking to create explosive plays. So hopefully the Broncos will do that on offense this year. I think the line um, for expectations this year, the Broncos need to score more than 24 points a game. That's about league average. And anything less than that would be extremely disappointing. Um, I do think the Broncos will score more points this year, but I don't think it's going to be this hyper-paced Drew Brees, you know, drop back 50 times a game kind of offense. I still think that the run game is going to be, uh, the Broncos will probably be, farther on the right of the bell curve as far as run pass splits uh, with more running game than your average team. And then maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. I just think that that's probably how Russell Wilson plays best. You want to have a competent run game with it and not have him be a high volume thrower, but a high efficiency thrower. Um, right. I think that's, that's the way to go with Russell yeah, Wilson. A, if you can in a perfect world, I like the idea of, you know, 17 for 25 and three touchdowns knocking on the door, of 275 yards. Yep. That'd be nice. I don't have to put the ball in there 40 times a game to to get big numbers. That's old school. You know, that's that's 80s play action uh, you know, running the ball play action type of type of uh type of games. And yep. there's some teams that, that won a lot of games in that era too. Uh Dennis Chandler comes in. The Broncos will be better than the Falcons this year. Scott, there I said it. That's a that's a bold statement, I tell you. I said I, I kind of joked. Uh, I put up an article up on my Falcons Facebook page about uh, this former Chicago Bears guy. They're all former Chicago Bears. It's a running joke in Atlanta. And a Bears fan comes in and starts talking trash. I'm like, dude, you know, you're you're picking on the small kid here, the the runts. And and and, and on top of that, you suck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, go go find a Packers page and try and pick on them, and they'll laugh you out of there. I'm like, you know, we know the you're picking up you're, I've told it before you can't hurt a Falcons fan any more than the Falcons have hurt Falcons fans it's just you can't do it yeah. so it's like oh yeah you're trash talking yeah I'm not gonna bite here dude I don't care it's like the cartoon no of the this was a missing piece to the Super Bowl run yeah it's and like I the, know you're kidding Dennis I know you're yeah. kidding uh Bears fan making fun of the Falcons is like it makes me think of the picture of the uh dad yelling at the mom the Atlanta kid who bullies the other kid who then goes home and yells at the dog. You know, it's like <laughs> very much a trickle down on that one. Um, unfortunately, Bears, rough times. Uh, Nigel Watts coming in. To me, this season needs to be a positive with a first-year new quarterback for us and new coaching staff. If we can get the season with more wins than losses, then that is progress. I agree with you overall, but I will say that with the way the Broncos team is currently set up and the lack of draft capital that will be are in this last draft class and the next draft class that should be growing uh, emerging talents over 23, 24. The time is now. Um, I don't think that we should be, you know, just totally taking it easy. A lot of these teams, we've seen it with the Rams last year. We saw it with the Buccaneers two years ago, you get that quarterback, you're off and running. Um, so while I agree with you, a, a net positive this season would be great. Uh, I think the expectations should be playoffs and, and not even the expectation, the demands, should be playoffs. I know the AFC West is tough, but guess what? If you're going where you want to go, you're going to have a tough road. So I think the expectation should be playoffs and anything less than that should be massively disappointing. And probably there should be some accountability uh, in Dove Valley if they miss it. Hey, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's what I always yeah. said. Um, now, 
nine and eight, I think would be disappointing. I, I'd be I'd be a little disappointed with this team if they finish nine and eight. Ten and seven, I'm like, okay, I'm a little disappointed, but you know, not it's a different level. And eleven and six is is that 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 ten and seven line for me is the line of was this season positive, neutral, or negative? I guess I kind of went the other direction. For those of you listening, I'm going up and down a ladder here. Um, is it positive, neutral, or negative? Ten and seven all things being equal, you know, and then you're a first round out type of team in the playoffs. Now you go 10 and seven and pull a Cincinnati Bengals and make a run and go to the Super Bowl. That changes things. Yeah. But regular season 10 and seven is the line for me for the, am I, am I happy or am I a little disappointed? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And we got to start getting out of here, but a question coming in from Peter Freddie real senior uh, saying the Broncos will be dangerous. Many fans are being negative, skeptical. I don't get it. We are in such a great place compared to the last six years. Why do you think? Uh, I think because of the last six years, people are skeptical. And this also might just be the personality. I am very much, and I think <laughs> I know Scott's not the, uh, is the same way as me, uh, seeing is believing and just a little bit guarded. You know, if you're looking for somebody to, you know, drink the orange Kool Aid and bang the drum of, you know, we're the best ever uh, without, you know, wearing the, uh, the rose-colored sunglasses, probably not the show here. There's some fan, more fan-based uh, podcast out there that uh, that's probably more your style, where everything is awesome, every player ever is the best ever, and uh, things are great. No, we're gonna be try to take a little bit more of a skeptical lens here uh, on the team, and just you know really try to do the best we can to predict the future. And we'll be wrong more than we're right. Maybe for myself, I can't speak for Scott, but uh, definitely it's things are much better this season expectations have changed though uh before it was can we figure out the quarterback position at all can we even come close to finishing 500 maybe knocking on the door of the playoffs no that's not the expectations anymore around here it's possible the broncos miss the playoffs expectations are playoffs uh they should be i nick i worked in a company where we'd had executive meetings and i'd play uh, everything is awesome from the lego movie as the theme song i'm like okay ready for our thing it's, it's amazing i can't last in executive meetings i know it's it's a real shock <laughs> <laughs> that and Johnny Lang's lie to me. And like, and now we're going to finish with lie to me uh, by Johnny Lang. Um, and, and, and listen for, for, again, I mentioned perspective on this, uh, Peter, as far as negativity or, you know, pumping the brakes a little bit, the, the negativity or that is not the Broncos are going to be six and 10 again. It's pump the brakes. You guys aren't headed to the Super Bowl. It's you're not quite, you know, for those that are like, okay, 14 and three, we're Super Bowl bound. It's deemed as a negative, but the bar's been raised. You know, right now, the worst negative thing you might see is yes, this team could might miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's that's the negativity. Well, that's that's a jump up. You know, we've Massive. raised the bar. So yeah. it's not necessarily negative like it has been in the past. It's just negative compared to various expectations if my expectations are 14 and 3 and i hear 9 and 8 well why are you being so negative the bar's been raised negative is still ahead of where you were which is a net positive so think of it that way yeah yep it's uh definitely the expectations have changed you know like the talk to ohio state fans from last year they go in absolutely you know put up a dynamic showing against utah in the rose bowl that's a disappointing season. Winning the Rose Bowl is a disappointing season for Ohio State fans. Uh, that's insane. So definitely, God, I would kill to win a Rose Bowl as a Hawkeye fan. Um, but uh, Nigel Watts saying the draft picks does worry me a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about the lack of draft picks. I'm also a little bit worried about the last draft class. Uh, early returns have not been amazing. I, I know we're not 
it's a different picking outside of the top 50, multiple picks in the top 50 versus where we are. But Greg Dulcich, I was kind of, you know, okay with the pick early, but injured already missed a year of development as a tight end or an off season of development as a tight end. That is worrisome. Um, we also have Nick Benito. Um, obviously if he's just becomes a really good designated speed finesse pass rusher, there's value to that. But at the 64th overall pick, you do, you should want more than that. Um, kind of like we want more than just a playoff berth. Um, Depending but, on the position again, yeah. you know, would you have been better off taking a right tackle or a guard at yeah. that spot where you can yeah. get more value? Now, if you get a good designated pass rusher with that spot, then that's yeah. okay. Those guys are expensive. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Cause I was thinking about this before, like earlier today, Nick, as I think we share a brain sometimes. I'm like, is this because actually there was an article that graded the the early returns on the uh, on the rookie class. I'm like, okay, well, if I've got a good rotational player out of my fourth round, Uazarike, that's not too bad on the defensive line. No. If I've got an ace special teams player in Montreal, Washington, who works his way into the receiver rotation, that's not too bad. Dulcich, you know, is is a if I'm grading, he's an incomplete, you know, right yeah. now. Um, Benito, we'll we'll see what we've got. Um, you know, so again, I think you, we, we have to lower the bar again when your first picks yeah. in the sixties. So yeah. as Nigel says, and Nigel, thank you for the stars. The draft picks does worry me a lot, but what's nice is you're able to make up for that with, with free agent signings. You get guys yeah. that are willing to come here to come play for a championship on a one-year deal. How many of those guys were the Patriots and Chris Hernandez coming with the big stars. Hell yeah. Thank you, Chris. Huge supporter of the show. Um, we certainly appreciate you and, and the support you show to all of the MHH shows and especially ours. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kathy coming in saying that's real, not negative. I try to listen to a German Broncos podcast and all those guys are negative. They fear <laughs> coaches suck because they never had their positions before. Can't go right. And they think Russ is kind of washed because he had a bad season last year. That pod sucks. And you know what? They there's a in the multiverse out Everybody's there. There's start a somewhere, Nick. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't walk into the league with ten years of experience and three Super Bowls. It doesn't start that way. Yeah. So uh, we'll all find out how that plays out. And uh, man, one week from now we'll be talking about that Broncos game. I'm sure I will be exhausted because I will be at the game um, in Seattle with my wife next Monday. So if you guys are there, uh, hit us up. I think we're I, th- I think there's like a Broncos Seattle contingency out here, and we're going to be in lot ten, I believe. So I'm going to do a little bit more research on that, but. Uh, Excited to see how that plays out and excited for the game. I heck I am jonesing, chomping for uh, that Thursday night football game. Rams bills. I mean, God, as soon as that gets here, I'm going to be excited for that. And Colin Wood, amazing how the draft picks that were so great a few months ago are bummers. Now, I think we were always a little bit more, you know, we talk about the positives and their impact they could have, because that's the lens that you put it through and the pick happens, but then you gather more data and see where those guys are at. And um, the reality becomes more clear. And, and Colin, I think I wrote the exact line yesterday, um, give or take a, a word here, but it's not surprising when the shine wears off of a rookie class after the dog days of summer. Yeah. You know, reality hits. These guys are rookies. And this is a discussion for another day, but, you know, could could X team, X superpower, could Alabama, you know, the Miami teams, Georgia Bulldogs, could they compete in the NFL? No, they, they absolutely couldn't. Um, one of the ways I've looked at it, though, is but they might make a hell of an expansion team. You know, Georgia Bulldogs are going to have. If you say I'm going to start a, I'm going to start a team and give you ten first round draft picks. Well, that's probably where Georgia is. You know, the Miami Dolphins had like ten or twelve across two years. If I had moved them up as an expansion team and given them twelve first round draft picks, they'd be pretty good. But 
it's a it's a completely different level of speed. And if you want to hear something ridiculous, go listen to Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons when anybody asks him about a rookie. It's ugly. <laughs> yeah. The expectations are different. So, like I said, we're all it's the bright, shiny new toy. They've got to be better. We brought them here, but reality sets in a little bit and the, the, the luster wears off some. So it's uh it's tough. And a final comment in here from uh, Peter Middleton. Uh, saying Jamar Johnson, the safety fifth round pick from the Broncos last season, didn't get a practice squad offer from anyone yet. Um, and then he says from fifth round pick to bust in a year. If you're a fifth round pick and you're out of the league in a year, I think that is a disappointment, no doubt. But I think if once you're outside of like the top 125 selections, it's pretty hard to label a guy as a bust. And with Jamar Johnson, it also talks about the value of special teams. If you are a player that is uh, drafted outside of like the top 100 type of picks, and you're not bringing anything from the special team side, uh-oh, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time sticking around the league uh, more than likely. So it will be interesting to see how it plays Which out. On the for... flip side of that, Nick, is you know what are our, our realistic expectations for Owazarike, who was taken just one round earlier? You know, yeah, he maybe... was early fourth. Uh, to be fair, but, like but one you of know the first what I picks. mean. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You know, he's he's a big guy, but he was a fourth round pick, and if he becomes a good rotational player who can hold his own on the line in his first year, that's a hit. That is a, a slam the sledgehammer down and you just rang the bell hit for a for a fourth round pick if I can get a rotational guy on the defensive line, interior defensive line early on. Yep. Absolutely. Uh so we'll be really excited to see how this week plays out. Um we will be live again tomorrow mo- or tomorrow morning on Forging the Falcons. If you guys want to hang out with us there, uh, Scott and I again, and I'll be live tonight on building the Broncos with Carl. Uh, we have plenty to talk about, so it'll be a lot of fun. It's already Tuesday. God, what day of the week is it? And uh, everyone sent some good vibes out to Luke still dealing with the ramifications of his uh, spill on his bike, uh, dealing with a lot of post-operative pain. So uh, wishing him the best. That sounds miserable. It's been I mean, weeks by now. So, you know, typically yeah. a, a nice clean break is six weeks and I'm done. He's about halfway through that. So if he's still yeah. hurting, we're thinking about you, Luke. I know I've yeah. given you crap about you know, spilling on my Harley, but I, I'm a motorcycle. At least I was a motorcycle rider. I, I get it. I'm just, just teasing. Yeah. No fun. Uh, when you are can't sleep because you're in pain, that sounds miserable and uh, not miserable. Patrick coming in here saying, good morning. I'll watch building later. Patrick, I'm drinking the coconut roast right now. It's chilly here in Seattle, but uh, I'm enjoying Let's myself. The and- original blend lioncoffee.com. Thank you, Patrick. He's out in Hawaii. So it's bright and early. You make, you make Broncos for breakfast from Hawaii. You're, you're a, you're a real, you're the real deal. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. God love you. Um, love you guys a lot. We appreciate you. We will see you tonight again, uh, for, uh, building the Broncos. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, hit the bell icons. That way, you know, when we go live, Scott and I are pretty consistent, you know, right there around seven 30 to seven 35, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way, laundry, kids, traffic, who knows? Uh, so if you hit that bell notification, you'll know when we go live. So you're not just sitting around that said chat's already popping. So you can come in and hang out and wait for us to, to get the ball rolling. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, Scott, I hope you and everybody in the chat had a great uh, Labor Day weekend. I always get Labor Day and Memorial Day mixed up. And uh, we'll it's see easy. you later. Memorial Day, May. M for that's, May. I know. I had to think that's, that's what I, exactly what I thought. That's the easiest way to do it. Yep. 
100%. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Have a great one. We'll see you later. Choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.